Hi, I'm Xavier McFarland, and welcome to the Catholic City Podcast from the Mary Foundation. Today's episode features Tom Peterson on the topic of bringing Catholics home. He tackles the subject of modern mature evangelization, speaking from his experience as the founder of the nonprofit Catholics Come Home. Peterson will set your zeal for souls on fire and provide you with applicable methods for evangelizing the fallen away in your own life. But first, if you ever considered becoming a Catholic or are a Catholic seeking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please visit us at catholiccity.com to order our Catholic scapulars, books, booklets, relic prayer medals, and best-selling novels by Bud McFarlane. Sign up for Bud's twice-a-month Catholic City email message, where he's been sharing profound insights, sage advice, and crazy stories for over 25 years. We are also the world's largest distributor of the Purple Scapular, given by Mary to the approved French mystic Marie-Julie Jehenny in the late 1800s. You can learn more at our website, catholiccity.com, which is the online home of the Mary Foundation. Since the dawn of the internet, we've been a world leader in delivering proven, free, or low-cost tools for evangelization right to your door. And now, let's begin. It's an honor to be with you this evening. You know, when I think about the new evangelization and the new springtime of hope, I knew, knew there would be great news. But it wasn't until tonight, till I came to Texas, that I get a Texas-sized crowd of passionate young Catholics fired up for their faith. I praise God for you, and it's nice to see you all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for your faith. I'm going to start tonight the way most Catholic speakers start, and that is with a story, a story about squirrels. After all, that's a pretty conventional way to start a Catholic presentation, isn't it? You see, the story goes that when I moved from the deserts of Phoenix to the uh, forested areas of Atlanta, I realized that there were millions of trees, trees I hadn't seen in my 36 years in Phoenix in the desert. But with those trees in Roswell, Georgia, just north of Atlanta, come little vermin with them. They come millions of squirrels. So I'd like to start tonight with a story, and you'll see how it ties in later to our topic, about how each of three churches in our neighborhood dealt with the problem of squirrels. So the first church is the Baptist church. So the pastor said, I've got to solve this problem of squirrels. And he said, I've got an idea. We Baptists baptize by submersion. So what he did is he put a little squirrel food into the baptismal font. He lured those thousand squirrels in the font. He put a lid on top, stuck a fire hose in the back, and says, I've got the problem solved. But those pesky squirrels are quite industrious, as you know. And they ate a hole out of the back. And the next day they came back with a thousand more of their friends. And they had 2,000 squirrels at the Baptist church. Well, we moved down the street now to the United Methodist Church. And that church said, oh, we would never do anything like that. We're United Methodists. We believe in live and let live. So we're going to humanely trap those little squirrels. We're going to drive them to the other side of town on the other side of the freeway. And we're going to release them to God's nature. Because that's what we do. We're United Methodists after all. So the pastor did do that. And as you can well imagine, the next day, 3,000 squirrels at the United Methodist Church. Well, now we end up at my parish of St. Peter Chanel in Roswell. And Monsignor McNamee says, oh, those boys down the street, they haven't figured it out. I've got the answer. So he brought those squirrels in. He baptized them. He registered them as parishioners. He gave them church envelopes. And now we may see the squirrels at Christmas and sometimes at Easter. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, sure. Oh, sure. We all laugh about that, but that's the sad fact of what's happening in our world today. You see, our world is starving for authentic Catholics. It's starving for Catholic heroes. And you and I are called by God as part of our baptismal call to help spread the good news to the world, a world in desperate need of Jesus and his good news. Now, I'd like to start tonight with offering you an offer. Uh, And the offer is, would you rather have $1,000 right now or this penny that doubles every day for 30 days? So I'll do a survey of hands. How many people would like the $1,000 sure thing right on the spot? Okay, don't be timid. Raise your hands nice and high. Okay, so there's, there's a percentage that want that. How many want the penny that doubles every day for 30 days? Have you heard this one? Are you just smart? <laughs> wow. It must be on YouTube or something. Okay, so these young Texas Catholics are smart. They pick the penny that doubles every day for 30 days. And the reason you pick that is that you may know that that penny that doubles every day for 30 days turns out to be over $10 million dollars. Far more, 10,000 times more, or actually more than that, than the penny that w- than the offer I gave you of $1,000. You see, but that's what our world is settling for today. We're settling for things that look good on the surface, temporary comforts or temporary joys, and we're giving up the eternal reward that Christ has promised us in the future. But you know better. Just like most of you had picked the right thing, you're also choosing to be here tonight on a Monday night after a busy work day to learn and spread the faith. And I commend you for that. You know, see, uh, blessed Pope John Paul II understood that our world is in need of this new evangelization. Pope Benedict understood it well too and urged us to use media and new methods to spread the gospel around the world. But as you know, it's far from easy. Sometimes sharing and spreading our Catholic faith isn't always easy. You know, I've often thought that if our Holy Father were to come to Houston and he were to walk on the waters of the Gulf of Mexico and all the news was there to report it, I'm afraid the next day we may see in the paper the headline that reads, The Pope Can't Swim. They would literally take the miracle of the Holy Father walking on water and somehow it would come up with a different ending, huh? But I'm here to share good news with you tonight. And the good news is that this new springtime of hope that we've been hearing about since Pope John Paul II's pontificate is actually blossoming. And God is calling each one of you to take it a step further and to share the faith even more. And when we do, the miracles continue. You know, our United States has become a missionary territory for the faith. More than ever, we Catholics are called to share our faith with others, doing so with love at every chance we get. Why? Because only 8% of the United States are faithful practicing Catholics. Now, some of you mathematicians in the room might say, oh, I was following you up till now, Tom, but I think you've got that stat wrong. 24% of the people are Catholic in the United States. Well, you're right, but here's how the math slices up. One-third never go to Mass. One-third may go occasionally, like Christmas, Easter, or every once in a while. And the remaining third are probably you folks and people who go to Mass every week and sometimes more often. So one-third of 24% ends up being 8%. So you see, we have a missionary territory of not just the 16% of those Catholics who are not practicing, but I believe 92%, 
because Jesus founded a church. He gave us a roadmap to heaven, and he said, Peter, you are rocking upon this rock, I'll build my church. So his sacramental church needs to go out to the whole world, to the whole missionary territory. You know, across the globe, the problem isn't much different. Of the 1.2 billion baptized Catholics in the world, about 800 million don't actively practice the faith. So you can see there's a great need to invite people back to Christ. There's a great need to heal our wounded culture and to help restore Christianity around the world. St. Augustine summed it up best when he said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. I knew that phenomena because I was a busy, young uh, Catholic businessman. You may have seen me at Mass every Sunday, but I was physically there, but I have to admit to you I was spiritually absent. I was just punching the clock. I was just going because I was told to go. I really wasn't present there in my heart. I would look around and see who my friends were at Mass. i think about what I was going to have for lunch. I thought about my work day the next day. So I really wasn't quite attending to my faith. But I was blessed enough to be called and invited by other guys in my parish on a married men's retreat. Now I'll tell you one cool thing about this parish I belong to, and it just so providentially happens to be called St. Anne's, which is the name of the parish we're at tonight, but St. Anne's in Gilbert, Arizona had a really unique distinction. I told Father this, and he couldn't believe it. Get this, it was the largest Catholic parish in the United States. 27,000 parishioners. Can you imagine? 27,000 parishioners. So a couple of these good souls invited me on a retreat. They knew that my life was out of control. They could see it in me that I had gotten caught up in the lures of the world. Driving fast on the freeway, getting more cars, buying bigger homes, all of that stuff that sounded so good in my young business career. So through the grace of God and in front of the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament on that retreat, I had what was a Saul Paul conversion experience. It was like a light switch that went on, and I had an epiphany in my life. And while I was being prayed over, and while I was there on the ground in front of the Eucharist, I heard God's voice in my soul. And I heard these two words, and those two words were downsize and simplify. And I knew immediately what that meant. You see, I was so busy, I had no time for God, and I certainly had no time for any of you. It's so easy to get caught up in those lures. We have to fight it every day. Even the Catholics who are practicing, we have to fight uh, to fight against that culture every day and to put God first, as Monsignor said during the homily at Mass. You know, Jesus commands us to go and make disciples of all nations, but if you and I don't answer that call and don't share the good news with love, people will be taken further away from God. You know, Albert Einstein was a pretty smart guy. I think you've all studied about him, and we'll all agree he was a smart guy. He said, the world is a very dangerous place, but not because of the evil people. It's because of good people who simply don't do anything about it. They don't get around to it, huh? It's that apathy. Now, let me share a story with you of how critical it is for you and I to share our faith at every moment. A few years ago, someone taught me to pray every day to help lead someone closer to Christ. Pray every day to help lead someone closer to Christ. So that morning, I, I started going to morning Mass on a regular basis, so I said that prayer. Heavenly Father, please use me to help lead someone closer to Christ today. And as soon as Mass ended, the little Vietnamese lady next to me in the pew tapped me on the shoulder. And she said, can I talk to you? I need your help. 
So we went back out to the narthex and she said, my son Huey has been away from the church for about 20 years. Can you help him? And the first thing I thought about is, wow, is God quick when he wants you to do something? <laughs> he wasn't so good with the lottery numbers that week, but boy, he called me into this service. So I found out more information. I said, so what's the story? She said, well, first of all, don't tell my son Huey that his mama sent you because no boy wants his mama getting in, in, interfering, right? And I said, okay, well, like that, that's making it difficult, but what do I do? And she says, he works at a nail shop, so go talk to him. So I'm, I'm a guy, right? I'm thinking Ace Hardware, True Value, you know. No such luck. It was a Vietnamese fingernail salon. So here I am in a suit, this business guy who hasn't really, you know, evangelized, so to speak, before. Going to help out this mom by going to talk to her son. So I was nervous as all get out. I went into his nail shop and I said, Yuli, someone who loves you, God, and I want to invite you back to the Catholic Church. You could have heard a pin drop. I mean, it was dead silent. And I just stood there because I learned in my marketing training and sales training that the first one who talks loses. So I just stood there. Now, the, the funny part of the story is Huley didn't lose, but he did speak first. He said, well, it's nice that you invited me back to church, but he said, I don't need church. I find God in nature. Have you heard that one before? I'm a professional fisherman, so I kind of commune with God when I'm out fishing. And I said, Huey, of course you can find God in nature. He created it all, but he gives us each other to help love each other to heaven, to help each other on this tough journey. So Huey and I developed a friendship as the months went on, and uh, Huey promised me on two occasions he would come to Mass. Now, lest you think I'm this superstar who's highly effective, I'm here to tell you, sad news is, on two occasions I failed miserably. Huey didn't show up at Mass. But, as the saying goes, the third time was the charm. Huey called me up on a Sunday morning, and he said, Tom, what Mass is your family going to? And I said, we're going at 10 o'clock. He said, I'd like to come with you. I said, Huey, two occasions you stood me up. How do I know you're going to show up this time? He said, oh, Tom, everything's different. I said, how is it different? He said, I went fishing this morning like I always do, but he said, this time I fished a crucifix out of the water. And, then, and the next thing he said to me was classic. He goes, do you think it was a sign? <laughs> I said, Huey, do you think it was a sign? God not only gave you a cross, he gave you a Roman Catholic crucifix to tell you which <laughs> church to come home to. So Huey came back to church, and, I, and he, uh, he had his confession heard. He was a new man. Three months later, he met the girl of his dreams. Uh, six months after that, through pre-Cana, they got married. We went to the reception. It was beautiful. He comes over to my house a couple days later with all the wedding photos developed and a big hunk of wedding cake. And he calls me aside and says, please come into the other room. I don't want your little daughters or your wife to hear this. And I said, what? He says, my mom and I are so grateful you invited me back to church. I said, Huey, it's not a big deal. He said, oh, yes, it is. I said, Huey, I'm happy to do it. He said, you don't know the whole story. He said, you see, I was in the Chinese mob in Los Angeles. I spent the last 15 years in federal penitentiary at Leavenworth. He said, I did felony crimes against humanity. At which point, I'll confess to you, all the blood rushed out of my shoes. I said, thank goodness I didn't know this ahead of time. I would have never volunteered. But, but what Huey said next was, was profound, and this is why I share it time and time again anywhere I speak. He said, you know, when I was in prison, people took the time and had the time to talk about God. 
but now I'm in the busy world. Everyone's rushing around so fast. No one seems to take that minute to tell their neighbor about God. Thanks for doing that. You changed my life. You know, that was like a sword that pierced my heart. What a great reminder that there's millions of Huleys out there. They're in your classrooms. They're in your neighborhoods. They're in your workplaces. And the Holy Spirit, if your heart is open to it, will set up those situations for you to share your faith with them. That's what he calls us to do. That's how we can be more heroic in our faith. You know, it's more important than ever to do this. George Orwell once said, in the time of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. More than ever, we need to share the truth. You know, what we're hearing by airing these Catholics Come Home commercials is the same thing over and over again. Current Catholics say, the ads make me proud to be Catholic, and they want to go deeper in their faith. Former Catholics who are inactive say, I felt like God was personally inviting me home. You know, it was amazing when we had parishes ask, ask them why they came back. Ask them what the difference was. Do you know what people said? Over 90% said the same thing over and over again. I came home because you invited me. Because you invited me. You know, it's amazing to me that a simple invitation can touch someone's heart. But it goes to show you, this isn't our work. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. And he asked for us to volunteer to say, call me in. I want to do your will. And good things happen. And finally, the third group. And you live here in Houston, Galveston area. I live in Atlanta. We're in the Bible Belt. This is what shocked me. Non-Catholics said, I never knew these things about the Catholic Church before. I didn't know that Jesus started your church. How can I find out more? I never knew this stuff. You know, I had a friend when I was a kid who was Catholic, and boy, I liked their family. I'd like to know more. You hear that time and time again where people just don't know much about the Catholic Church, and many are visiting the website, joining RCIA, and so forth. We've witnessed incredible stories of people who have come home, like Angela from Dublin, Ireland, who was away from the church for over 30 years. She saw a simple Catholics Come Home commercial on TV. She began to tear up. She looked on the internet where her parish was, and she came home. The fact of the matter is, her mama was praying for her for over 30 years in Dublin, and this was an answer to prayer, where God cued it up that that commercial came on during Angela's favorite show. We've heard stories about many others, including an atheist uh, named Adrian in Colorado, who said, I was baptized a Catholic, but my parents basically raised me without any faith. I saw that ad and it touched my heart. My wife and kids and I came into the Catholic Church last Easter, and now I'm working on my brother who has no faith. You see, God has millions of these people like Hewley, like Adrian, and like so many others who are just waiting for your invitation to invite them back. And with God's grace, we can help achieve the prime mission of our Catholic Church to evangelize the world. You know, here's a little secret I've learned over the years. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. You see, people will listen to you into the facts and the figures and all those things once you've shown them that you love them, once we've shown them that we authentically care about their needs, what they're looking for in life. And when we do that, their hearts are more open to the truth. You know, over the years, you and I have seen how educational campaigns, be it advertising or just 
word of mouth or viral things over the internet spread and can help change our culture for the better. We've seen it with uh, campaigns against prejudice, against littering, against drunk driving, and other things. But you see, if we don't spread the good news, the secular lures of the world will take us and our friends farther away. They will always glimmer for our attention. If I were to ask you tonight, what is the greatest crisis facing our world? In a group of 20 and 30-year-olds, as most of you are, you might say student loans. Paying them back is the greatest crisis that I'm facing in my world. And that may be true in your world. Others would say, I think it's terrorism. I watched the news tonight. Others would say, no, I think it's the economy. Well, you all may be partially right, but Pope Benedict got the answer exactly right when he said in the Knights of Columbus, Columbian Magazine, he said the greatest crisis facing our world and our church today is the absence of God. We all need God. He got it right because he's very clear on the core mission of our faith, and that is to spread the good news to evangelize the world. You know, a couple of months ago, my wife and I sat down to watch uh, an ABC television show that was airing on Friday nights. You may have seen it. It's called What Would You Do? Have any of you seen that show, What Would You Do? It's a show in which the producers set up moral and humanitarian dilemmas. And they have a hidden camera and they watch how people react to maybe there's a person lying in the street. They may put somebody who looks homeless and people might not notice and pass by. Then they put a mother with a little kid in the street or they put a business person in a suit in the street and see how people's reactions are different. Well, sadly, when they create these humanitarian dilemmas, most people just pass on by. Others will stop and stare, but they do nothing. And yet there's always a few heroes out there who step in, who take action, who are the Christ of the world and answer the call. You, my brothers and sisters, are doing just that. You're actively pursuing your Catholic faith. You want to learn and share that Catholic faith with others. You're the type of heroes that this show is looking for, that our world is seeking out. You know, it convicted me when I saw that show. I asked myself, what would I do? How often do I invest my time into things that aren't really uh, according to God's plans or a waste of my time? You know, Pope John Paul II spent a good part of his pontificate, and Pope Benedict has reiterated this, reminding us to go deeper, to cast out into the deep, to really take our faith seriously and put God first, as Monsignor said in his homily tonight. Scripture says, where your heart is, there also your treasure will be. You know, every day God calls us to detachment, to separate ourselves from those lures of the world that attract us and to focus on him. Now, I'm the first one to tell you that I'm not always really good at this. Lest you think I'm a big success in, in focusing on God, I've got this story to share with you. And it never ceases to amaze me how I can be hoodwinked all the time. I was driving home from a particular speech uh, one afternoon. I had flown back and I pulled up to a light. I drive a Toyota Camry, but in my business career, I had a lot of expensive, nice cars. And I have to tell you, I'm a bit of a car addict. I love nice cars. And in particular, I happen to like Lexus automobiles. So I pull up to a light and I'm in my little Camry and up pulls a Lexus LS250. It's a little Lexus, and I looked at it, and I said, Lord, that's not very big. You know, it looks like it gets pretty good gas mileage, and it's only a few thousand dollars more than my Camry. You know, Lord, and I, I kind of stacked the deck by saying this prayer. Lord, if you don't want me to have that Lexus, you know, that I could go shopping for this weekend, 
after all, I am, you know, doing your work, and I'm and I don't think anyone would, you know, begrudge me for having a car a little nicer than my Camry and going for the Lexus. Uh, if you don't want me to have that Lexus, I want you to make it abundantly clear to me, like a two by four over my head. Otherwise, I'm going car shopping this weekend. So I finished that prayer and I went to get my hair cut. And as I'm waiting for my turn, I start rifling through the magazine rack. Now, I brought it with me, and for those priests in the room, I want to tell you, I actually stole this magazine cover. I need to confess that. And I actually have confessed it before, but I brought it with me. I kid you not, this is what I pulled out of the magazine rack. Automobile magazine with the title, Satanic Lexus. <laughs> about you, but I think the good Lord made it abundantly clear, like a two-by-four over the head, that I didn't need this. Now, when I tell this story to Catholic businessmen, there's usually like a cold, blank stare in the room, because a lot of them are driving Lexuses. And I, so, so I'm, I'm always first to admit, guys, if you drive, well, this is my story, this was God's calling for my, don't feel bad, but just give me a ride afterward. <laughs> you know, in his book, Jesus Shock, Catholic author and our advisory board member, Dr. Peter Crave, says, and I quote, Our culture has filled our heads, but it's emptied our hearts. It's stuffed our wallets, but it's starved our wonder. It has fed our thirst for facts, but not our meaning for mystery. It produces nice people, but not heroes. You see, our Lord is calling you to a more heroic Catholic faith. He's calling me to it. Our world needs it today more than ever. Our church is starving for authentic saints people to spread the Catholic faith. And at this time in salvation history, the need is critical. It's a choice between secular mediocrity or a passionate, saintly faith. And you see, we can't live in that gray area of lukewarmness anymore. To whom much is given, much is expected. You know, it amazes me that even the atheists are now advertising. We've seen the ads from the Mormons, and maybe you've seen the ads from the Scientologists, but believe it or not, the atheists are now advertising billboards in Toronto, Chicago, other places. I have to tell you, as a former business executive, I don't get it. Why would anyone spend their hard-earned money to convince you to not believe in something or someone that they don't believe in? It doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make financial sense. But it shows you that St. Paul got it right. When St. Paul said, this is not a war of flesh and blood, it's a war of principalities and powers. I think the atheists have tipped their hand. You're either serving God or you're serving the other guy. You know, it's a choice. It's either God or not God. They wouldn't do it if they didn't have an agenda or a goal. They wouldn't do it out of just apathy. It doesn't make sense. You see, we need to have that same passion for our faith, whether it's putting Catholics come home ads on the air in Houston or other places, or more directly, for you to share the faith in the neighborhoods, school environments, and, and workplaces where you are every day to help spread that word because only you have that special mission territory. Only you have those friends and neighbors and coworkers and relatives that God has put in your path. I can't do it. He can't do it. She can't do it. Only you can do it because you're in those environments. You know, this David and Goliath battle for souls is far from over. The time is now. Why? Barner Research shows there's been a 92% increase in the number of unchurched Americans since 1991. And sadly, since 1965, weekly mass attendance has dropped from a high of 71% to 
to a low now of about 17% in many communities. You know, we need to announce the good news and never give up the battle, as St. Paul has said. You know, when my family lived in Phoenix, we heard this story about the prospectors in the Superstition Mountains. Have any of you been to Phoenix? Okay, a number of you have. On the east side of town, there's a mountain range called the Superstitions. It's where the prospectors dug for gold and silver and so forth. And the story goes that one prospector found a nugget. And for years, he kept working that claim, but he didn't find much more. So he finally lost heart and gave up. But the next dusty prospector, he came along. Not one foot from where the first guy left off found the largest gold strike in Arizona history. What does that teach us? It teaches us to never give up when it looks hopeless, when we're tired, when we don't feel like it. As Martina McBride's song says, do it anyway. Do it anyway. We need to pray for those relatives and friends. When, when the uh, priest at Mass is consecrating the precious blood, name on your fingers those people that God has put on your heart, whether it's your, your, your sister or your uncle or a family member or somebody you work with. Name those people that God has put on your heart and put them in the precious blood and say, Lord, I know you love them even more than I can. Please bring them home to your heart and to the church. You know, we need to evangelize the world, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, as St. Paul says, whether it's in season or out of season. And I'll end with this last story. I was coming back from Wichita on a Delta flight back to Atlanta, and I was tired and it was early in the morning. I got up at 4.30 to catch a morning flight, but there had been one flight before us. So when we got on the plane, we realized that the crew before us took our plane and they left us with their old tired plane. And I was really bummed out because I got upgraded this time. And there was no first class section. And I was counting on the big seat and the, the free, you know, orange juice and all the goodies that morning. And all the other business travelers were too. But the other crew took our plane and they, the flight attendants were all flustered because everybody was kind of panicked because we all had the wrong seats. But thank God these uh, flight attendants kept their composure. They got us all settled down and reseated and we took off about 20 minutes late. Well, about uh, 20 minutes after that, the flight attendants came by with the drink cart and started serving us. And I don't know about you, but when people work really hard, like these knights who are serving us tonight with food or doing things, I like to thank them for what they're doing. They, they're helping us out. So I said to the flight attendants when they came by with the drinks, I said, you know, even though we don't have a first class section, you're treating us all like first class flyers. Thank you so much for your kindness. Well, the one flight attendant named Cindy she said, oh, I'm so grateful you said that. I've had the worst week of my life. You've really made my day. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm saying like, it's not a big deal. Well, she was saying, oh, you can't believe how much that meant to me. Thank you so much. Well, they finished with the drinks and about 15 minutes later, she came by again and said, I'm really, really grateful that you said those kind words to me. And I'm going like, it's not a big deal. And she goes, oh, yes, it is. So I thought, okay, I've got one of these frequent flyer coupons where I can like write a nice comment that'll go to her supervisor. So I said, Cindy, can I do this for you? Can I write down your name and badge number and turn? Oh, would you? I've had the worst week of my life. My boss is on. I'd be so great. You thought I gave her a Christmas present, right? So I write this up and I give it to her. Well, as we're maybe a half hour before landing, Cindy and the other flight attendants start talking. And I'm about five rows back and I can't hear what they're saying, but they're in a deep, serious conversation. And I see Cindy's all flustered about something and the other flight attendants trying to kind of minister to her and help her in some way. I said, okay, God, what do I do? And so I didn't know what to do, so I said a little quick prayer. 
I said, Lord, please help Cindy. Uh, anything else? You know. And as I sat there, I thought I heard in my heart the words, practice what you preach. And to me, that meant to take out my wallet and take out a little Catholics come home evangelization card. So, so I pull this card out and I say, okay, Lord, you told me to practice what I preach and we've got these little evangelization cards to pass on the good news. Now what? And I kid you not, this is what I thought I heard the Holy Spirit say to me. And I wrote this down. And I wrote, Cindy, the hope that you seek can only be found in Jesus and his church. God loves you, Tom. Now that's really weird. (laughs) Yeah, see, you obviously agree. You're laughing. That's really weird. Like, to give to a stranger that I've never met. I don't know her story. But I read it again. I said, let me see if it's true. Her name is Cindy. The hope that she seeks can only be found in Jesus and his church. That's true. God does love her, and my name is Tom. (laughs) So I, I did the famous Tom Peterson prayer. Lord, if you want me to give this card to her, you make it abundantly clear to me like a two by four over the head. Otherwise, I'm not giving it to her. So I put the card in my lap, and I stuck my nose in a book so I wouldn't give her eye contact. I was stacking my deck again. You know, I kind of cheated this stuff. So as God would have it, Cindy comes up to me before she goes to the jump seat in the back, and she taps me on the shoulder, and she says, Tom, I want to thank you again for helping me and for giving me that coupon and for saying those kind words. And I said, Cindy, it's, you know, it's no big deal, but I'm glad it helped you. And I'm kind of a chicken, so I put the card face down. I said, read this when you get off the plane. So she took it and went to the back, and I'm telling you, I have never gotten off a plane so fast in my life. (laughs) As soon as that door opened, man, I was climbing over people to get out of the plane. So the story actually has a really cool ending. I get a letter. She looked us up on the website, looked up our address, and uh, she sent me this letter. And I'll read it to you verbatim. It says, my name is Cindy. You were on my flight, and you handed me a card with a note on the back. How did you know I was so desperately in need of your message? (laughs) I want to thank you. I have not stopped crying since I read your note and went to your website. I was raised Catholic, but have been away from the church and God for many years. I am recently divorced and struggling with the emptiness of being alone. I've been searching for a man to be in my life, and I found the man. It's God. She went on to say that she came back to church last weekend. You know, there wasn't a dry eye in our office. And the first thing that hit me was like the scales. I said, what would have happened if I gave her the card and she thought I was nuts? The worst thing that could happen is my ego got dented. And she would have said, what kind of nut job are you giving me this stupid thing with, you know, right? She could have said that, right? That's the downside. But the upside was, look what the Holy Spirit did because we were willing to step in and help that this is a soul that's been changed, that's been affected. So the plus always outweighs the minus. The little bit of embarrassment we could face if it wasn't meant to be is not worth the stress or worry or concern over the positive outcomes that can come when we are doing God's will and that person has been put there by the Holy Spirit. So I sent her a note of encouragement. I sent her Matthew Kelly's book, Rediscover Catholicism, and a few other things, and we got this note a couple weeks later. I've been feeling better lately, praying a lot, vowing to be a good Christian. I'm making an effort to be a positive effect on at least one person every day. Sound familiar? 
Yesterday, on my last flight of the day, after working 12 hours, my fellow crew members went home while I stayed and helped a pregnant lady with three toddlers, a cat, four carry-on bags get to the next concourse in Atlanta, the largest airport in the world. And I got home from work about an hour late, but it never felt so good as to help somebody in need. You see how love spreads, how it changes our world when we have that courage to walk through the door when the Holy Spirit opens it? Our world is in desperate need of Catholic heroes. As St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, reminds us, we can do little things with great love. Here are a few little things that you may not have thought of, maybe you have, that I'd like to share with you tonight. Number one, when someone asks you, how are you? Consider answering with, I'm blessed, how are you? If you say it authentically from your heart, I'll tell you, you get some pretty strange reactions. Number one, your fellow Christians will say, oh, I'm blessed too. Or they'll confide in you that they have a need. Oh, would you pray for me? My mom's sick. Or my dad lost his job. I could really use some prayers. For people who aren't Christian, they're going to start thinking. Because how often do you hear somebody say, I'm blessed, how are you? Now, I didn't say, I'm blessed. Brother, do you know Jesus? I said, I said, it, with, I said it with Catholic evangelization voice. I'm blessed, how are you? You can, tell I've, you can tell I've lived in Atlanta for eight years, can't you? <laughs> okay, number two idea, since we're running out of time, is consider whether we do Catholics come home in Houston or not, pray for that. If it's God's will, it'll happen. But whether or not we do it, consider forming little evangelization teams at your parish and go door to door with one intention. Hi, we're here from St. Anne's Parish, and we're going to pray in front of the, the uh, Blessed Sacrament at church for the next four hours. How can we pray for you and your family? I'm telling you, we've done this in a number of dioceses. I did it myself in California, Arizona, a couple other places. And it's amazing how people say, I've got a loved one who's got a terminal illness. Or my, my son's hooked on drugs. Or my mom lost her job. Would you pray for us? I haven't met a Mormon, a Baptist, an agnostic who doesn't want a free prayer. I'm telling you, everyone appreciates a prayer. It's true. What's really cool is in the Northeast, Catholics knocked on the door, and Jehovah Witnesses answered, and they said, you Catholics are coming to evangelize us? <laughs> it was way cool. <laughs> and finally, the third idea to think about tonight, when somebody tells you their troubles, when somebody tells you their troubles, stop right then and pray for them. I learned that from a lay Carmelite in Phoenix who said, pray right there on the spot. I can't tell you how the supernatural nature of God and the Holy Spirit work, but I can tell you this. Two good things happen. Number one, you get that prayer in and you don't forget. How many times have we promised to pray for somebody and 10 minutes later it's gone? So you get that prayer in. Number two, the other thing I found happens, for some reason the Holy Spirit reminds you of that person and their prayer need once you've prayed with them once on the spot. I don't know how it works. I can't explain it. But I tend to remember people that I've prayed for then and there at Mass the next day or something happens in traffic and I'm reminded of their face again. I don't know how it works, but I know it does. My brothers and sisters in Christ, our world needs Catholic heroes to help usher in this new springtime of hope as Christ has promised to us. So when you or your apostolic work is faced with the daily choices, have courage and know that Jesus already won the battle but he invites us to run the race in faith. In conclusion, I'll reflect on a quote from St. Padre Pio. He says, and I quote, 
Try to serve the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your will. He will always bless you more than you deserve. And uh, I think at this point, I don't know, Michael and uh, Roberto, do we open it up for questions? Um, first of all, thank you so much. I really appreciated that. Um, I have uh, fellow Christian uh, friends, but they're Protestants, and sometimes they speak against us in the midst of evangelizing them. Do you have any advice on that? Uh, the number one best thing we can do, and I know it sounds like cliche, is pray for them. You know, I, I was in the Adoration Chapel once uh, praying, and, and I read a little book that somebody was, you know, talking about the Blessed Mother. And she said, you know, we're blessed with the Catholic faith. We shouldn't lord it over other people or feel boastful about it. It's a gift God has given us. It's a gift of faith. I, I know so many evangelicals and Protestant brothers and sisters who love the Lord. I mean, they're passionate about their faith. And I think over time, God will set up the scenarios. It might be through you. It might be through someone else. But as best we can do is lead Christ-like lives, lead loving examples. And again, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Treat them with love. Treat them with dignity and respect. Refute error, but always do so with a gentle, loving spirit. And that's about the best you can do. And then at mass, stack the deck and put them in the precious blood of Jesus. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then see what happens. Sometimes you'll see the fruit of your labors. Many times you won't. And I'm sure someday when we're in heaven, God will say, well, hey, what you did at that point helped set the wheels in motion for this down the road. But I didn't show it to you so you wouldn't think it was your own doing. So many of the things that God might use us to do, he hides from us so that we don't get prideful. Um, so that would be my suggestion. Other questions? Hi. Um, I just wanted to say thank you because um, I'm a recent convert, and it was because of one of your videos. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is your name? Uh, my name is Brenda. Brenda. Tell us how this scenario happened, if you don't mind sharing with us. Okay, um, well, um, I was baptized Catholic, but um, my parents weren't Catholic. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, I always felt like something was missing, and um, I was just jumping from churches to church, and you should be very careful what we pray for, because God does listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had asked God to please show me why there were so many churches, and I went to many churches. I was one of the Seven Day Adventist, and I was knocking on doors, and um, I was Protestant, Evangelical, um, Baptist, and I came to the Catholic Church, and something was always taking me out, you know. But I always knew something that God had something for me, and finally I watched your—I don't know how it happened, but you know, I seen like the last part of it. So I went to your website, and I seen the other one with the garage door, mm -hmm. and it made me want to change my life. Brenda's a gift from God. Like, it's amazing how, you know, you, it's just amazing how God works. I, I was just, I just came back from Los Angeles. We visited our oldest daughter who got married and moved out there. And uh, for about a year now, we've been praying really hard and working on developing new ads because we obviously need some new ones. And we've got a portfolio of about 10 that we're working on now. And there's one ad that I really, really, really want to do. 
It's got Coach Lou Holtz, one of the winningest coaches in America. He's a devout Catholic, speaks all around the country. And, you know, I've been begging God to set up this scenario to get Lou Holtz to do this commercial where he's coaching people to heaven. It would be perfect. It was like a halftime coaching thing. But everybody I've asked has said, oh, he can't do it, he won't do it, you know, I can't get through to him, whatever. I mean, I've asked everybody, from a bishop to a guy who's, you know, has him on his advisor, everything, it didn't work. I'm in the Los Angeles airport with my family. In comes a guy with a little ball cap on. I said, Mr. Holtz? He said, yes. I said, I'm Tom Peterson with Catholics Come Home. I've got a commercial I'd like you to do. He said, here's my card. Give me a call. God is good all the time. (laughs) Now, now, it hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to interject. I need, like, all 500 of you to pray <laughs> that if it's God's will, that Lou Holtz will do the commercial. Hi. Um, my name is Blanca, and I just wanted to say that I'm a recent um, convert. I just uh, got confirmed just in June, um, and I was... I think the biggest change for me was I was baptized Catholic and became a Jehovah's Witness. And I was a Jehovah's Witness for over 30 years. So going out and going from door to door is something that I did every day. I did it for anywhere from 60 to 90 hours a month. And I was taking something to them and leading them somewhere that they didn't need to go. And to hear what you're doing and to see what you're doing is just amazing because we have the light of Christ. And I know that now. I didn't know that then. But we have the light of Christ. Going out there and sharing that with other individuals is is the best thing we can do because if we don't share it with them, someone else will. The real miracle about Bianca's story, she said that she was Jehovah Witness spreading the faith for 30 years. She looks 20. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> Here, how many of you were not a Catholic? Put out your hand. We're converted. So we're, we're not Catholic to we're begin not with. Catholic. Was, was not a Catholic, became a Catholic. Was converted. So it looks like about 5 or 10% of the audience is raising their hand that they are a convert to the faith. My question is, uh, do you see doing these commercials in languages, Spanish oh, here? I, that is a good question. As a matter of fact, we've done the commercials in several languages. Uh, and forgive me for my pronunciation, but Catolicos Regresen is our Spanish son. And guess who is the host? Eduardo Verastegui, handsome Eduardo. <laughs> and he, he did an opening, he did an opening invitation. All the women in the room are swooning now. In, a, in an acceptable Catholic way. Um, Eduardo did a beautiful introduction talking about how he came home to the Catholic faith after his friends and mother and everyone was praying for him. So if you go to Catolicos Regresen, you'll see Eduardo, you'll see the commercials in Spanish. And where we've aired in Spanish, the mass attendance has gone up even more than in other areas. So for example, our number one best record that the Holy Spirit's delivered to us is from Texas. Corpus Christi, Texas had a 177 percent increase in mass attendance, the highest in the United States. 
And you go to Sacramento, 16%, Phoenix, 12%. So where there are a lot of Hispanics in the population, the numbers seem, the fruit seems to be even greater. So we have them in Spanish. We also aired in Polish in Chicago, and that's where the satellite signal got beamed to Poland. And a lady from our parish said, I just came back from Poland, and your ads were in Polish on the air when I was there at Christmas. Ten million people saw them, and we didn't even pay for them. <laughs> it's amazing. It's multiplication of loaves and fishes, but in this case, TV commercials. Um, and then also we aired in Portuguese in, in, uh, in Boston because they have a, a big Brazilian population. We also have the ads for uh, hearing impaired. So we have them in several languages and more to come. So that's a great question. Thank you. One or two more questions? Yes. Hi, I have a question, a situation that I really need help with. Um, I have a very dear friend who is a very big part of bringing me back to the Catholic Church. And... Um, he is a strong Catholic. He goes to daily Mass all the time, always goes to Sunday Mass, and uh, was a youth minister in the past. Um, he, he believes in God. He doesn't believe that God loves him. He believes that God loves other people and not him. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how I can help him. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing you say that because, you know, uh, I remember one night I, I tend to wake up very early in the morning sometimes. And at three in the morning, I, I prayed. I said, Lord, you know, what do you want me to tell people more than anything else? And what I felt he said to me was, tell them I love them. And that's not the way I normally think as a former businessman, you know. And I, I think that's the challenge with our world that so many people don't feel loved. They don't feel God can love them or can forgive them and so forth. Um, our movie commercial that some of you have commented on tonight with the garage doors or the airplane hangar doors opening, it was actually going to be a little different when it started. Um, and the night before it was the voiceover, so the national voiceover was done, the script was committed to, uh, it changed. So, uh, the Sisters of Reparation of Divine Mercy, they're out of Steubenville, Ohio, were giving a mission, a Christmas mission at our parish. And they were preaching on the divine mercy of Jesus. And I said, that's it. And literally, I went back and took those seven deadly sins that you kind of hear referred to in the beginning of the commercial. And there was that middle point in the commercial where it turns hopeful. And it said, but Christ came not to condemn the world, but to save it. And it leaves the viewer with a very hopeful tone in the end that God does love them and he didn't come to judge them or condemn them, but he came to save them. I think the world is starving for that divine mercy of Christ. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I think probably um, a good spiritual director would be the best person to refer him to. Um, Bishop Sam Jacobs is my spiritual director. Uh, he's an awesome blessing to my life. And he says, son, how are you? I love you. He says that every phone call I make to him, he lives in Louisiana, I live in Atlanta. But he's constantly reminding me of that. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care whether you're a priest or one of the sisters in the room or one of you guys or your friend. We all have doubts whether God loves us. We all feel guilty when we're not leading the Christian life and we haven't been to confession. You know, the evil one is constantly dishing up whatever helps make us trip. In my case, it was Alexis pulling up at the light or it's a million other things, right? Your friend obviously has some doubts somewhere that a good spiritual director can kind of delve down and find out where he needs healing. So I would, I would try to find out who would be the right person who has that right chemistry and try to set, set it up where the two of them can go to coffee together and, and, and have a good heart-to-heart -heart talk. Thank you. One last. 
Hi, Tom. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, my question would be, what would be the next step in the campaign besides since in our culture, we're moving toward the new media and social media like Facebook, Twitter. And what do you plan on, on how to get to that point? I've spent most of my career in television broadcasting, and for some reason, God has made uh, the formula work extremely well through television. Not so much radio, not so much print, but for some reason, the visual images on television work best. Now, everything we have is on YouTube and on the Internet as well. So we use social media, new media, Facebook, Twitter. If you come to our site, you can sign up and all that, and it's being spread. I just don't always see and know the fruit of it because it's happening without me seeing it, like we talked about over there, that God's doing a lot of good work, and you meet the Brendas of the world who say, oh, I saw your ad on the internet or whatever, and we hear good things are happening. So we're making sure that everything we produce is constantly uh, hooked in with social media, because that is, I mean, you know, so far number two and soon to be number one. Um, So I would just say we have to do more of it more often. I think the charism that God gave me is uh, to reach out to like a 35-year-old young couple with a couple of young kids. Now, we'll get some 17-year-olds and we'll get some 93-year-olds who come back to church too. That seems to be the first target God has given us. I think for younger people, what you're doing here is critical. I served on a life team board for four years when I lived in Arizona, and I was taught time and time again the way to reach the hearts of teens is through relational ministry. Friends inviting friends to church. So I'm not sure that social media is the key to evangelize younger people. Um, It can be, but I think the real key is for what you're doing here through Cafe Catolica, to have the courage to to pray every day to lead someone closer to Christ, and then to walk through that door when the Holy Spirit opens it. God bless you. Hello. We hope you were inspired by this talk, and we encourage you to request free copies online at catholiccity.com or by writing to the Mary Foundation, P.O. Box 26101, Fairview Park, Ohio, 44126. A donation will be gratefully accepted, and we'll ship your materials the day we receive your request. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, Please pray for everyone who hears our recordings. Second, distribute our CDs to everyone you know, to your family, your friends, fellow parishioners, and to the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally, please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our material costs, so please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening. We're looking forward to working with you, and may God bless you always. And now, here's a short preview of other talks available from the Mary Foundation. Marriage and the Eucharist. How do we abide in Christ's love? we got to get this one right, because 
If the meaning of life is to love as God loves, and you can't give what you don't have, and so we have to abide in Christ's love in order to love as God loves, and if we don't love as God loves, we don't discover the meaning of life, but if we do love as God loves, we discover the very meaning of our being in existence. Anybody repeat what I just said? I'm not even sure I could repeat what I just said, but... We hope you were inspired by this podcast, and we encourage you to share it on social media and warmly invite you to distribute our free Catholic scapulars, medals, books, and booklets to your family, friends, parish, and social groups. Visit us online at catholiccity.com for more information. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, please pray for everyone who hears, reads, or wears our materials. Second, share them with everyone you know, family, friends, fellow parishioners, and the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally, please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising here at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our materials costs. So please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to working with you. May God bless you always. And now, here's a short preview of our Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet, the most popular rosary recording in the history of the world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without permission is prohibited.